With a 50% obesity rate in the U.S. and more unhealthy people than ever before, it is time to make America healthy. Welcome to Make America Healthy with Beth Shaw. If you're feeling tired, toxic, heavy, slow, or stressed, then keep listening. Beth and her expert guests are here to offer practical advice and share the tools you need to reclaim your physical, mental, and emotional health. Now, here is your host, Beth Shaw. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Make America Healthy. I have been looking forward to this show for quite some time because not only is it my birthday, but it's also the theme of anti-aging and longevity. And we have some Super exciting guest today. We have Dr. Nick Paracone, who I'm sure you've all heard of. He's a scientist, a physician, an author, an educator, and an award-winning inventor. He's been issued 188 patents worldwide, and he's also the author of several books, including The Wrinkle Cure, The Paracone Prescription, The Paracone Promise of Forever Young, and he's certified by the American Board of Dermatology and his credentials go on and on and on. He's also a graduate of Yale and he is known as the father of the Inflammation Aging Connection. Welcome Dr. Nick Paracone. It's so great to have you. Pleasure to be here with you, Beth. Thank you. We also have Sarah Gibson, who is the founder and CEO of Sarah Gibson Coaching. She is into helping women with their metabolism, longevity, body optimization, and anti-aging strategies. She's the creator of the Outsmart Your Metabolism program, which that sounds great. And she does a lot of functional medicine and works with women through menopause and all those other fun things. Welcome, Sarah Gibson. Thank you so much, Beth, and happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. What a better topic on my birthday than anti-aging and longevity two things that I am obsessed with. Dr. Paracone, I'd like to know um, where you got your start and how you ended up moving from, and I remember like back in the day, you had all these skincare products. I know you still have a lot of them, but you've really made your way into not only helping people with their diets, but obviously with their skin, including a book that some friends of mine were talking about recently called The Three-Day Facelift Diet. Uh, Tell us how you got your start. Well, um, it really started uh, back in medical school. I was um, taking the usual courses, and one of those was uh, histopathology. And we had to look under the microscope at all disease processes. And I was looking at a squamous cell cancer, and there was an inflammation around the cancer. And then as we continued looking um, at other uh, tissue, uh, there always seemed to be inflammation. And I talked to my professors and said, is it possible that the inflammation could be driving these processes, including cancer. And um, they said, well, no, that's just an immune reaction. I thought that was odd. Then when I started my dermatology residency, I uh, noticed also that if you looked at a a biopsy of of young skin, um, there was no inflammation present, but older skin, even though there's no pathology, there was still inflammation. And I was putting this together. I said, you know, there's something here to this. And uh, I'm a nutritionist as well as a physician. So I said, what is causing inflammation now with skin? Of course, you expect it might be inflamed because it's your protection from the environment. Recording uh, what, in progress. But where would the inflammation be coming when I looked at uh, sections of uh, heart, uh, brain, uh, and internal organs? And so I surmised that this inflammation was going on and had to be something we were doing. And what do we do many times, three or four times a day is we're eating. Uh, so I started putting all this together 
And I was then convinced that uh, the problem was the systemic inflammation and possibly uh, um, tied to diet, but also other other um, basically environmental things. And so I um, started looking at inflammation. And as a nutritionist, I said, okay, well, let's start with the basics. And uh, I discovered there were foods that were neutral, uh, foods that are anti-inflammatory, and then, of course, some um, foods uh, that are pro-inflammatory. And so I designed a diet and I started using it in my practice. And I found that when I put people on the anti-inflammatory diet, uh, there would be actually um, accelerated um, a resolution of any problem I was working with, even though we're using uh, Western medicines. Uh, so that was it. And then um, when I had an opportunity to talk about this in my new book, I explained the fact that this anti-inflammatory diet is critical. And although the book is uh, you know, about skincare, really it's beauty from the inside out. And then of course the outside in. And so that's how it all started and, uh, and led us to this. And so even though I, uh, I had these theories, I said, well, Certainly the problems we have with skin and aging, it's an inflammatory process. So I started uh, formulating products uh, that were anti-inflammatories and also way back when started looking at in, uh, basically um, enhancers of penetration. Uh, if you, you have an antioxidant or something similar to, and you want to get that into the skin, you have to have penetration. A lot of times, most of these products were just sitting on the surface of the skin. So I put all of this together and started uh, the skincare company, but the book talks about the three-tier program. And that's the anti-inflammatory diet being the most important. Um, the second uh, level, of course, is um, basically, you, if you can afford it, you can take supplements with anti-inflammatory activity. Then of course, using topicals with anti-inflammatory activity. And that was uh, uh, interesting because people saw a radical difference in a very short period of time in their skin. Uh, and the really funny thing about the book, uh, when it first came out, I had a, a different, a completely different title for it. And the uh, publisher said, um, you know, you really, uh, we don't like the, we don't like your title here. And so um, we're going to change it to the wrinkle cure. Now I was kind of upset about that because I felt the wrinkle cure kind of trivialized the, um, the contents. And at the time I was um, in practice, but I was also an assistant clinical professor of dermatology at Yale. And uh, they were a bit appalled when the book rolled out with the wrinkle cure. Uh, but, but I bet you sold a lot of books. Yes, we did millions of books. And uh, it's interesting, too, uh, uh, that I expected to uh, get a lot of pushback from my concepts of inflammation. And I did. In fact, the, the, worst, the worst pushback was from the academic institutions. They thought this was baloney, and they, you know, they said there's no proof. Uh, the free radicals in the skin are are anything, and there's no. It's just we went on and on and on. That was a long time ago. Now, of course, it's mainstream, uh, but it was an important mission because I had all the data I needed. And so, one interesting story was I got a call from um, uh, ABC, and uh, Diane Sawyer. I said, "Oh, Dr. Pericon, you know, I would love to have you come on the program." Uh, because I'm looking at your book and I'm quite skeptical about looking 10 years younger in three days. So <laughs> I went to visit her and um, she said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have you come on and um, you are going to put out all the foods you recommend for this anti-inflammatory diet, what we expect. And uh, then we are going to choose three people from ABC and we're going to put them on the diet and they're going to be sequestered somewhere, no cheating. And then we're going to come back and we're going to be on the ear. Uh, with this, with these same people, and they're going to talk about their experiences. We're going to look at it, she said, but I'm highly skeptical. So we went ahead and did the um, uh, 
basically the thing in the studio. I laid out all of the good things I found were anti-inflammatory. Salmon, for many good reasons, um, high in protein, but also um, uh, the um, omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatory, and then green salads and olive oil, which has all kinds of benefits, and, and blueberries with high in polyphenols. And I did this, um, and uh, then we, we were supposed to meet again. Now, oddly enough, that on the repeat, uh, which is the follow-up, um, it was in Bryant Park, and it was a bright, sunny day, uh, in New York, and it happened to be my birthday uh, on that day. And uh, I went into the makeup trailer, and there, uh, Diane Sawyer was having her hair done and her makeup. And uh, I'm, she said, you know, Dr. Pericum, I'm really skeptical about this, so I think I'm going to roast you on the ear in front of the whole country. I said, well, let's go for it. I was pretty confident. I just worked with so many people. So we walked out of the trailer, and then the three women were fairly, fairly far away, and she just looked and said, Oh my God, I could see a difference from here. So we went on the air and they did the before and after side by side. And by the time I walked to my hotel, the show was over. I think it was number one on Amazon. And, in, and then within a few days, you couldn't find a piece of salmon in the entire nation. And, uh, and I did that all over the world. Um, I remember I did Good Morning South Africa and the big complaint was after two weeks, there was no, no salmon that was available. So the, the important thing about is this, that the skin is a barometer of what's going on inside of us. And so therefore we can use the skin to make a determination if we're, we're on the right thing. We all know basically if you're, you're eating junk food and you're out drinking and you're not getting enough sleep, your, your skin really looks lousy. But this is really dramatic when you do this anti-inflammatory diet. Okay, so I, we just need to all know, all the listeners I'm sure are just dying to know and they've probably got their... Uh food carts open or on their phone, their food apps, like what do we do for these three days to get a three-day facelift? What foods do we need to eat? Okay. Well, it's a pretty strict diet because we're trying to make a statement and we had to do it in compressed time. So it's a little boring, but I want you to have um, uh, salmon uh, a couple of times a day. Uh, and uh, along with the salmon, um, you can have, you know, we want a green salad with olive oil. And, and the reasons are, are once again, based on science. Uh, and so you have polyphenols and you have anti-inflammatory activity. I want you to stay away from uh, any uh, carbohydrates because the key here and what I discovered as nutritionist is that you have to carefully control blood sugar and insulin. And if you don't, you actually have an inflammatory response on every, in every cell in your body. And that inflammatory response will then show up on your skin, but also in many other ways uh, in time. And so it's, it's blueberries and it's salmon and it's salads and drinking eight, eight ounce glasses of water a day. And now I say, um, drinking, um, hydrogen water because right. that's also an anti-inflammatory, which will, I to. love your hydrogen water. Well, that's great because and I, I use the pills all the time, every day. Okay, good. And it's all good. It's an anti-inflammatory. And so, um, the diet's pretty specific, you know, and anything that raises your blood sugar. So obviously we're going to throw out the, we're going to throw out the, um, the fast carbs, and we're going to try and make sure that we maintain good levels of the blood sugar and adequate protein, adequate essential fatty acids. Uh, and it all comes together pretty quickly. And the beauty of it is, and with no pun intended, is at the end of three days, um, you really look substantially different. But when they interviewed the three women on the air, uh, which was the beginning, um, they all said, gee, I, I, don't, I lost 
five to six pounds in three days. Well, that's just when you drop inflammation, you're going to lose a lot of, you know, inflammation and, and edema. And they also said that they felt that their mood was elevated. Well, that, that absolutely does happen when you drop inflammation in the central nervous system. Uh, you will get much more stable uh, levels of the neurotransmitters because when you have something with sugar or carbs, and this is something that I learned in my, uh, in my practice, because what I would do in any patient that came in, I always asked them about their, you know, what were they eating? I'm a nutritionist. And I found that women um, were uh, trying to correct their mood, uh, which would fluctuate, um, you know, with, with uh, menstruation uh, by getting a, a serotonin hit by upregulating up their blood sugar. And the problem with that is when the insulin kicks on, inflammation goes up, blood sugar goes down and, and you, um, you don't look good and you don't feel good. So they discovered a number of things in three days. And that's the that's also what's interesting about this is that you can see a difference, but you can also feel a difference. And so the book took off and the diet took off. And, and, and I started doing more sophisticated studies, looking at things like C-reactive protein. And just a very short period of time, I actually presented this at a conference in Monaco. Um, we could drop uh, C-reactive protein by a huge amount in a matter of two weeks with anybody we work with. And so I, as I said before, and I started doing my PBS specials based on my books. It was called the, um, uh, basically what we would have the title of the book, but also it was the university lecture series. And uh, I started off with um, a statement. I said that, um, that aging is a, is a um, inflammatory disease and it's, it's a uniformly progressive and uh, always fatal. Well, I called aging and um, a disease. And that was what really finished me off with the rest of the academics. Um, they were outraged. It's not a disease. Well, of course it is. And I think people are now agreeing at that point. So we can take our lives and just change things about because on a cellular level, when you have inflammation, uh, you have all forms of degradation. And that diet that I came up with uh, 25 years ago um, now that we have a lot more information about throwing molecular switches, and that's why we're going to talk about hydrogen water today. Uh, when you look at this, uh, you're eating salmon and with, with high levels of omega-3 is mostly wild salmon. And when you're getting those blueberries and, and many other things are high levels of polyphenols. And that would upregulate uh, <clears throat> an important enzyme called AMPK, which is the master metabolic regulator in the body. And it would suppress mTOR, which is the anabolic portion that, that is pro-inflammatory. So, and now there are other things you can do, and this is where I really admire what you're doing. We know for a fact that you can rapidly lower inflammation uh, by doing yoga and because, or yoga, or, you know, if, if you believe in um, meditation or prayer, all these things are anti-inflammatory and they're very important. And we also know exercises. And so we talked about all of these things. So when we talk about dropping inflammation in the body, um, we need to look at everything. We need to look at the levels of sleep we're getting. Uh, we want moderate exercise. Um, you know, as I said, I really thought that everybody was in the wrong camp because they were doing, going to the gym and doing these incredibly hard workouts. And, you know, if you're exercising more than 30 minutes, now you start releasing uh, these pro-inflammatory stress hormones. And, and your so, cortisol levels also go up past a 45 minute workout, don't they? Oh, Absolutely. Mm -hmm you know, and, and norepinephrine and many other things. And so these are simple things to teach people, uh, but yoga is incredible. Okay. And I just wanted Thank to you. add that. Thanks. So, we love yoga. 
So other things I, I just want to talk about, because now we, we now know what was happening on a, on a molecular but level. I, I do have a question for you, and that is how long does it really take to get inflammation out of the body? Well, once again, let's just say that um, you are the average person and you don't have any gross pathology present. You can really feel different in three days. Oh, that's amazing. Really uh, so there's different. good news for everybody. In three days, if you start this uh, eating regimen, um, you can feel different. But so, I have another question for you, yes. and that is our uh, our fish supply is, is becoming increasingly polluted with factory farming and fish swimming in their own poop and all of that. Um, how do we make healthy choices around food that's sometimes labeled like Atlantic salmon, which is code for farm-raised salmon. Can you educate our listeners a little bit about where they can seek out a good quality fish and does it still exist? Okay. That's a good question. And um, on, uh, so of course, um, wild salmon would be the best. And I recommended it in the first book and uh, it made a big difference, by the way. I After the book came out and became a huge success, I got a call from the uh, Wild Alaskan Salmon Consul. And you see, wild salmon is actually harvested uh, by families. They have their own boat. And what was happening with the advent of the farm salmon was that <clears throat> sales were dropping and, and families couldn't take a long hit in terms of sales dropping. So when they dropped out, um, they would sell their boat and that was it. I mean, there was no way to go back there. But the wrinkle cure turned that around. And wild Alaskan salmon was a huge success. So they actually came to my office. Uh, the consul, and we all sat and talked about the wonderful effect it had. Now, the thing is, you can't get wild salmon year-round, but you can uh, you can get it uh, from certain sources. If you don't want to have fresh salmon, you can go to canned salmon. And you know, you can't can uh, farm salmon. It turns to mush because there's not enough density and protein there. That's okay. good to know. So if you're taking a canned salmon and do that, and uh, so I met, you know, I met with the company, I met with the consul, I met some really good people out there who are marketing this. And um, they also uh, market on their site um, things like wild Alaskan blueberries, much higher levels of polyphenols and, and all of the good things. And so I think we have to just be careful. And you also understand too, you know, and by the way, um, uh, wild salmon um, does not have a mercury problem. That's much, it's found in other fish. So I can't say enough good about salmon and what it can do for you in a, in a very short period of time. And I really like people who are have some vanity because they want to look good, and that motivates us. So it if sure does. It you know, sure it makes me uh, not want to drink alcohol. It makes me get my seven to eight hours sleep at night uh, because at the end of the day, uh, vanity rules the roost in my house. It, it does. So I, I need vain people. Okay, good. We're following here <laughs> this pro, following this program, um, and so. Um, so my life was, okay, I, I know that inflammation is the bad guy. And I know we had to attenuate it in many different ways. We have many, and of course, of course, one of them is this exercise and, and then of course, um, meditation and many other things that we can do, uh, of course, like yoga. But I said to myself, I'm looking for the magic bullet. And the magic bullet would be a substance that we can take or eat or drink uh, that would, be, um, would meet all the criteria that is very accessible that it's affordable and that it's non-toxic. And so I came across, I, I read everything in the literature constantly. And when I saw anti-inflammatory, the red flag would go up and I'd say, let's check this out. So uh, years ago, I was reading about uh, the fact that they said that 
that hydrogen, hydrogen gas is anti-inflammatory. And I said, well, you know, I'm a biochemist and um, it's a nonpolar molecule. So this means there's no asymmetry there and it can't interact. So I was highly skeptical, but I kept on watching. I was looking at, there's a lot of work done in, in animal studies. Then finally in, in nature medicine, there was a pretty good study looking at the effects of, of hydrogen water on, uh, on inflammation. And so let's look at hydrogen water. So what does that mean? Well, hydrogen is a gas, it's H2, and uh, it's very rare in nature. Um, but if you, if you put that into water, you dissolve the hydrogen, just like you dissolve sugar in a cup of tea. And, um, but you reach a certain level and the levels, I think at, at sea level, you get about 1.2 to 1.5 parts per million. And then you have to put it in a container that's going to really contain it. And we found when I got interested that it had to be aluminum. It goes right through glass. It goes right through plastic. And it had to be an aluminum can because if you had, they were using aluminum pouches and some of the spouts. And every time we tested it over the five years, uh, it was deficient because any opening you have on that is going to lose it. And the other, the other rule is if you drink hydrogen water, I've said this to you many times, Beth, you've got to drink it right out of the can. You pop it open and try to get it down in the first 15 minutes and you'll get that therapeutic level. And so I, I looked at this and I said, well, maybe this is it, but I was still skeptical. I went to Tokyo several times. I talked to the scientists. I talked to the manufacturers. And I'm not a placebo kind of guy. So they say, here, take some cans with you. And I did. And I went home. And um, I'm still skeptical. And I do a workout. I've been working out since I was 14. I do a weight workout. And now that I'm substantially older, um, I do my workout. And I'm pretty pretty tired after that. Um, and so I drank the hydrogen water. And I felt a little bit of a lift. And I said, no, you didn't feel a lift. You know, you're not, you're not going to get a placebo from this. And I went and did my workout. And when I finished my workout, I could actually have enough energy to do a second workout. Oh, wow. So I said, okay. So what I want to quantify is the fact that yeah, it's an anti-inflammatory, but they, they, they were touting the fact that it's an energy drink. And so I said, well, what can I do? So I have a very good friend I worked with for years, Dr. Peter Puglesi. And I said, look, I want to measure energy. He said, well, Let's, let's think about it. We, we sat around a table for a few hours and we said, hey, uh, NADH is the molecule. So I'm sure you've all heard stuff um, uh, from Sinclair about NAD levels and upregulating that, that upregulates sirtuins, but it's also the energy molecule. In fact, um, St. Georgie in 1933, I think it was, got the Nobel Prize and he got the Nobel Prize because he was the one that elucidated the molecule of vitamin C. But he said in his in his acceptance speech, that hydrogen is what creates energy in our body. Nothing, hydrogen is the key. And the way it gets it is from NADH in the citric acid cycle, moving in and handing off that hydrogen in the mitochondria. And that hydrogen then has these electrons and, and, and it goes out and causes this pumping action and makes all the energy in our body, which makes sense because hydrogen was the first atom in the universe that was made. In fact, a large portion of the universe is still hydrogen. And so I said, this is really interesting. So we looked at the NADH levels and, and Dr. Puglacy said, listen, here's the deal. NADH is the only molecule in the skin that fluoresces if you put the right frequency of light in there. So we just read the fluorescence, we put it into the computer and it's going to calculate levels of NADH. So I said, well, that's, I said, that's interesting, but the NADH is going to be in the mitochondria and the mitochondria in the cell and, and the skin's the farthest organ from the central body. So 
we'll do this. So we, we took subjects and first we tested them with regular water. And we did get, a, we did get an increase uh, of NADH, small increase. But then we gave them the hydrogen water. And once again, they didn't know what they were getting. We had the cans all wrapped up. And, and uh, we're looking at the computer and I'm watching the NADH levels creep up starting at two minutes in real time. I said, wait a minute, they're drinking the water. It's in the mouth and the esophagus, maybe in the stomach, you know, within a few minutes, but now it's upregulating it in the uh, mitochondria. I said, well, okay, let's just watch it. And over the period of 15 minutes, most of the subjects raised their level of NADH by 12 and a half percent. Now that's, that's just a huge amount in a mitochondria. And I said, okay, that's amazing. And so if it's up 12 and a half percent, it's truly, and I can quantify this. So I can go and back and I can, and I presented this at, a, at the um, Harvard conference about a year later, and I can now compute the fact that we're getting more energy and you need energy to repair your cells. Uh, but also the fact that we were, we we're increasing the levels of NAD and NADH and everybody's out running around buying uh, niacinamide mononucleotide or, or niacinamide true riboside, niagen. true niacin to get yeah. this. And meanwhile, <laughs> Um, we are upregulating it by 12.5%. And, and the effect lasted for a couple of hours. And uh, I think a can of water is about the same price as one tablet of those substances. Yeah, the, some of them are, are rather expensive. I, I have a lot of them in my cabinet. Um, yeah. I have a question for you because I've had your uh, hydrogen water cans. In fact, last time I was at Harvard for three weeks, I would wake up and I would drink one can upon rising every day because I needed all the energy that I could get. Uh, I also have the pills and I'll, I'll typically put three of the hydrogen water pills into about 16 ounces of water in the morning. Is it something that should be done first thing in the morning on an empty stomach? How long am I going to feel the energy? Should I be doing that all day long? Is too much hydrogen water not a good thing? All good questions. So let's, let's look at this. So we know that <clears throat> hydrogen um, when it enters the body, we, we, we know what the energy portion is, but what, what else does it do? Well, it throws certain molecular switches. And so this is very important. When you drink hydrogen, when you get up in the morning and you drink that hydrogen down, um, you throw the switches in your cells that mimic exercise. So, you know, the couch potatoes out there, we're all sitting there saying, gee, I want to sit on the couch and so you can get those effects. And then the hydrogen water also throws the right molecular switches because it controls AMPK, mTOR, you know, all of those um, molecules that they're all talking about now. Um, So it mimics fasting. So what you want to do is you want to drink it. Now, you don't want to drink it all day because once you throw those switches, throwing more hydrogen is not going to make a difference. Okay. But I do do three cans um, uh, for one right away when I wake up. I have a little fridge in in my bedroom. And uh, as I get older, I kind of crawl over to the, to the, I don't, I don't believe that for a second. I've seen you in person several times and you're one of the fittest people that I know. Well, thank you. I'm I'm putting you on my team. (laughs) So um, I'm already on your team, Dr. Perricone. I I know you are. So (laughs) what I like about hydrogen water first thing in the morning, um, and I have to do it on an empty stomach, it gets rid of my brain fog. And because, um, you know, unless you're really being good with the anti-inflammatory diet, you're going to get some, some effects, the central nervous system. And, you know, nighttime is tough for me as you're out 
said, well, maybe I can just have this to eat or taste. And so the brain fog really clears up very quickly. And I love that. So I'll do about three cans of water. Uh, first one, when I wake up and then I'll over the next 45 minutes, I'm taking some vitamins and I take a, a fairly large amount of vitamin C and I do that. And then I do not touch that water again until late afternoon when I need a kick. And so I do my uh, my green tea, which is critical to the anti-inflammatory diet, by the way, you can do green tea, black tea, lots of polyphenols in there. And what I do is I put in, uh, I put in a few things. So I put some cinnamon in, which absolutely regulates your blood sugar. Okay. It's amazing. When they were doing glycemic index on foods to see what kicks you up. And it didn't make any sense because they were testing apple pie and it wasn't going up where we expected it to go. It was a cinnamon. Okay. So cinnamon's in the tea. And then, um, Another thing I've done strategically, of course, is I've, I've done time-limited e um, eating. And I was skeptical about that. And also, I didn't think I could do that. But I found that I can do it. And the way I do it is I put some um, uh, MCTs, medium-chain triglycerides, in my tea in the morning and a nice teaspoon of extra virgin olive oil. And uh, that does some wonderful things for me. And then when I do my tea again in the afternoon, I have no problem going fasting all day until 6 o'clock at night. Uh, so, so what's uh, the window and for our listeners, this is otherwise known as intermittent fasting. What's the window of time that you're actually consuming food these days? I'm doing it uh, in a period of about um, six hours. Okay. All right. Which is fine because I get to have, you know, I break fast at six and then I can do another uh, source of protein and, and some uh, fun things, uh, you know, good veggies and, and things like that. And some blueberries and blackberries and strawberries, all the things I love. Um, but I, I, what happens is when, and also, you know, uh, there's a lot of arguments out there, this 18 hours, even 20 hours, many times I go 20 hours, uh, you're not really into ketosis and, you know, ketones are this alternative fuel and they really are because I do not crash when I'm doing my tea with the um, MCTs and a little bit of olive oil. And are you drinking organic? Because I've been reading a lot about fluoride recently, and I'm also uh, very concerned to keep fluoride out of my system because they're sneaking it into everything now. Yes, uh, I read an article somewhere that a lot of teas actually have a tremendous amount of fluoride in them. So should we all be looking for organic tea only? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's probably difficult. Now, I get my tea, um, and a lot of, most of the tea comes from China. Uh, and I have this uh, white jasmine tea, which I found. I wanted to actually offer tea to my customers who are using the skincare. And I went to Chinatown in San Francisco and sat with a, a young man who was taking over the family tea business. And he was a Harvard graduate. And we really hit it off. We, we tasted teas for six hours. Oh, that sounds like fun. And it was and this white tea, white jasmine tea. And, you know, you just get an infusion cup and do that. So that's what I use. Um, I've been doing it for. Oh, 20 something years. And uh, I never looked at the fluoride issue with that, but certainly fluoride and lead is a real issue. Okay. With things coming from China. So you do have to do some homework right. and um, we can talk about that in, in a, a little bit more. Uh, so what we're trying to do then is just working with our bodies and unless I look, I agree, you may not go into ketosis, uh, but you will create some ketones with the MCTs. You will. And I believe they are a good energy molecule. And I, I think that's, that is important. And they really, you know, the hardcore people say you don't really get the benefits of fasting until you're up like, you know, two, three, four days. And I don't think, I think, yeah, I think they're looking at certain biochemical changes, but you don't need to do that because when you, if you want to do this time limited eating 
And if you're not doing it, you're doing the anti-inflammatory diet, you're going to get huge benefits very, very quickly. And uh, one of the benefits I found uh, once you, in, my, in my real interest is just having you know, good uh, cognitive function. And that's yeah. what I do. But also I found too, and I was really worried about this uh, only eating within a six hour period. I've been doing weights since I was 14 and I was always eating a lot of protein. And I thought, okay, if I do this, you know, I'm probably going to maybe get 60 grams in with this real small window. Yeah. Cause we had, when last time I had lunch with you, you were telling me about your protein consumption, which was uh, fairly on the high end from what I understand. Yes. Yes, it was. But I, I said, okay, I'm probably going to lose muscle mass. So let me see what happens. And I, I wasn't losing muscle mass like I thought I would be. And so I came to the conclusion that I think ketones are muscle sparing. Now, I couldn't find anybody that could verify that, but I can't think of anything else that's changing. And, and so I'm doing the MCTs and the olive oil. Um, the other thing too is, so you're getting a lot of benefits. You're not getting them traditionally from the idea of fasting. Just, just if you're only eating in this window and I'm trying to carefully regulate blood sugar and insulin, well, you can bet that if you're doing this once a day, you're eating once a day or once or within a four or five or six hour period, you're really keeping blood sugar and insulin very low, but you're not crashing. And that's why I think that this uh, time-restricted easing is also another method of doing this. In addition, I don't think I, I can't believe I'm actually saying this because if you've talked to me 20 years ago, I said, look, this diet's critical. You've got to have protein that's adequate. You've got to drink water, you know, a bunch of times a day, and you've got to have all of these nutrients. And, uh, and I said, the worst thing you can do is just, you know, skip meals. And now here I am saying that I've changed my mind. And that's, that's it's important. okay to change your mind. Yeah, uh, I, I do often. And, and let's face it, new research is coming out all the time. I was at a seminar two weeks ago and the amount of uh, diagnostic tests that they can do on people now to detect if they're going to get cancer in 10 years or reduce plaque in the arteries. It's, it's amazing where technology has gone and, and we're getting new information that we just didn't have before. We sure are. So let me just briefly talk about benefits of hydrogen water. I know already did, but I just want to run through it quickly. So um, it certainly does elevate energy. It's an antioxidant. It's an anti-inflammatory. And it does so many things. And I want to talk about something called the metabolic syndrome. And for those out there listening who don't know what the metabolic syndrome is, it is a group of findings, both um, clinical, that is laboratory findings, and then also clinical exam. And and so you have things like um, high blood sugar, your insulin's up, um, you have central obesity and a number of things. And so the important reason they had to do this, they used to call it syndrome X, the doctors, the internal medicine doctors, syndrome X, but now they call it some metabolic syndrome. And we find that those with metabolic syndrome are at really high risk in the, in the future uh, for all of the Western diseases. So increased problems with cognitive function, uh, cardiovascular problems, and in problems with your immune system, just a long, long list. So a study was done using the tablets uh, in India, and they took subjects who were diagnosed with a metabolic syndrome, and uh, they gave them, uh, they had them use the hydrogen twice a day. So it was morning, and then it was late evening. And they said, do not change anything else. Don't start exercising. Don't change your diet. Whatever you're doing now, doing. keep doing it. And I was really floored when I saw the data. In 24 weeks, not one of those subjects could be categorized as having the metabolic syndrome. Wow. So that's, that means that's that, amazing. Think about downstream. I mean, I mean, 
heart disease, uh, cancer, neurologic dysfunction, we go right down the long, long list. That means if we can get the population drinking hydrogen water in general, my belief is in three to five years, we could lower the healthcare costs by a third. And that's Maybe they should start putting hydrogen in the water instead of fluoride. They should. It's difficult to deliver because it's, it's, <laughs> it's very evanescent. And okay. uh, yeah, I'm we've very got much to, uh, We've got to kind of take the road over to a little bit of women's health right now with Sarah and, and then Dr. Pericone. I'm going to ask you a couple more questions before we wrap today. Okay. Uh, Sarah, I know you specialize in women's health, especially uh, PMS and menopause. Only one of those things do I have. And, uh, you know, when I have PMS, I'm going for every inflammatory food that I can get my hands on. It's like I'm a different person for 10 days out of the month. Um, so I definitely am going to employ Dr. Pericone's suggestions. Uh, tell us how you got your start. Do you have kind of an interesting story that you went into a very early, early menopause? Sure. I mean, I've been working in medicine for over 20 years. And honestly, you know, when you are in medicine, you don't talk a lot about inflammation and nutrition uh, when you're doing your traditional training. And so I had been working, you know, 40 to 60 hours a week, had four children in four years. Um, and I, all of a sudden, I didn't feel like I was really doing much different than I had always done. Um, but then I noticed that I was having all of these symptoms like Dr. Pericone spoke about brain fog, decreasing energy, redistribution of weight gain, making it very difficult to lose weight. And this is where I find, you know, many of my patients coming to me now in the same situation. I don't know what I've done. I'm only aging, you know, but I'm really doing the same things, eating the same things, exercising the same way. All of a sudden I have these symptoms. And so I did a deep dive into everything. Um, I got my certifications in health and wellness coaching and lifestyle medicine and I'm a huge fan of Dr. Pericone. So I, I, I did really start focusing on inflammation and longevity and women's metabolism. And, you know, I discovered that men and women are different, you know, and it's funny. I mean, obviously that's a very, you know, blanket statement, but men have a 24 hour hormonal cycle. You know, they have the circadian rhythms and it's very easy for men to get into routines because on a given day, they may fluctuate a little bit with the way that they feel or their hunger hormones, but on a day-to-day, -day, you know, basis, they're just operating on a 24 hour hormonal cycle. But women have a 28-day hormonal cycle. And just like you said, you have PMS. And the problem with a 28-day cycle and trying in, to get into a daily routine is that in that 28-day period, your energy levels are fluctuating. They're high, they're low. Your cravings are, are out of whack. Your sleep can be disturbed. And it's a very difficult then to be able to function in a way that optimizes your body. And so, you know, when it comes to women's aging, right, then throw in hormonal changes on top of that. So, you know, women have estrogen and progesterone levels and estrogen levels dropped between 40 to 55%, starting around the age of 35. But the problem is that progesterone levels plummet like 90 to 99%. And it's not the, the drop in these hormonal levels where you start to get those perimenopausal symptoms. It's the gap between the balance of estrogen and progesterone. And that's what we like to call estrogen dominant symptoms. So women start having increased anxiety where they never may, may have felt you know, stressed out before they have worsening stress. They have sleep problems. They have brain fog. They have low energy. 
And it's not that these, you know, hormone imbalances only cause those symptoms. It also affects the immune system significantly. So, you know, as Dr. Perkins said, our GI tract is just part of our immune system. And it is a huge part because it filters out toxins and it keeps that nice thick barrier, you know, um, it allows for nutrition absorption, and then it gets rid of any excess waste. Well, as women age and there's a change in estrogen and progesterone levels, that thick barrier starts to become thinner. And the things that didn't bother us previously really start to bother us now. So if you have stress, alcohol, sugar, processed foods, that layer of barrier protection is already thin. Those are the things then that start to break it down. And you'll start to get those toxins then escaping into your bloodstream where then you have symptoms of inflammation. You have joint aches and pains that you never had previously. You get food sensitivities that you never had problems with before, maybe some rashes, worsening asthma. And then on top of that, you're not absorbing nutrients well. So then you get symptoms of vitamin deficiencies. So, you know, those are two. So what's the cure? So the cure is all the things that Dr. Percone was already talking about. You know, women, as we age, we are more sensitive with hormonal changes. So from a lifestyle standpoint, we need to do the things that will naturally support hormone balance. And one of those things is to eat in a pattern that supports our body, boosts metabolism. And I love intermittent fasting, and I think it's a phenomenal tool. There's so many health benefits, and it's, it's so wonderful towards longevity and managing chronic diseases. But the problem is that in women, because we are wired for survival, growing a population, carrying a species, we are very sensitive to changes in nutrition because studies show that women who are legitimately starving, like seen in third world countries who get pregnant, have a very high risk of death to both themselves and to a baby. So from a primal standpoint, that's not going to grow a population. So So are you suggesting that women should avoid intermittent fasting or perhaps only do it for two weeks out of the month? No. So women just have to do intermittent fasting in a strategic way. So they can do, there are a few options, but if they're going to do intermittent fasting every single day, what they want to do is do it consistently for a period of about 12 to 14 hours. They can get all of the health benefits of intermittent fasting, and then they break the fast and eat those foods that Dr. Paracone spoke about, the foods that support metabolism, decrease inflammation. And during that eating window, they're showing their body a consistent food source every two and a half to three hours. It doesn't have to be massive volumes of food, but it is antioxidant nutrient rich food. Then that doesn't make your body feel like it's under stress. So your body then can relax it doesn't slow metabolism. It regulates your hormones because it says, okay, every single day, I'm going to have a fasting period of 14 hours. And in my eating window, I'm going to see a consistent food source of nutrient dense foods every two and a half to three hours. So great. Thank you so much, Uh, Sarah. And I'm going to open this up to both of you. Um, I'm curious as to your thoughts for women who have gone through menopause, what are your thoughts on hormone replacement? Yeah, I think hormone replacement is a great thing to talk about with your medical provider, um, because if you're going to do hormone replacement, you just need to make sure that you are correcting the hormones that are deficient. So for example, I use 
topical creams often, estrogen creams, progesterone creams, testosterone creams with my women, but I don't do that until after I have a full metabolic profile on them. Um, and from a, you know, health and wellness standpoint, I have a program that does things then that will naturally boost progesterone levels, manage stress so that your body doesn't take the progesterone and convert it to cortisol to, to balance out a stressful situation. And, um, yeah, and then supplement where you need to, you have a lot of estrogen in your skin and your fat cells. So when you naturally raise, raise progesterone levels, you're also naturally balancing estrogen levels and you don't get some of those symptoms that you experience in the perimenopausal and postmenopausal period. Great. Thank you. Dr. Pericone thoughts on hormone replacement for men or women. Okay. So, um, I'll talk a little bit about men first. I, I do think, uh, that, uh, men would benefit, um, uh, with testosterone supplement as they get older. And there was a lot of, uh, controversy around that because, um, the thinking was that men would increase the risk of uh, prostate cancer. And now it looks like just the opposite. If you are supplementing, um, you're not, you're not losing that. And of course it's important to do, um, with the men, uh, uh, to basically, uh, I recommend that I, I have a compounding pharmacist uh, that will give them uh, testosterone, physiologic testosterone. They, it's in a sub, sublingual uh, capsule, actually sublingual um, troche, and they put it under their tongue and we can really monitor them. They really do well. Women, I don't know, um, I'm asked the question too, um, you know, if, if we're using um, the identical hormones or we're using the synthetic, I believe in the identical. Uh, and so- Yeah, I do as uh, well. Okay, good. You know, estrogen. Yeah, I love compounding pharmacies. I love using bioidentical hormones and and really supporting the body naturally. So, yep. Okay, great. So, uh, once again, I think that's all. And you know, those hormones are extremely important. Um, estrogen is a powerful anti-inflammatory. Uh, is neuroprotective, probably cardioprotective as well. So, there's so many things we can do. Uh, but of course, and, and for our listeners, at what age should they start getting these regular blood tests to see where their hormone levels are at? Well, what I'm observing is it depends on the individual. Um, I have some patients who are men who are in their early 40s and low testosterone levels, and then just the opposite. So you do have to test. And I'd say when you're getting um, your, your, your laboratory studies, um, you know, just throw in those, those, um, those studies and you look at levels of the, of the hormones, male or female. Uh, it's a little bit of extra work and it's a little bit of extra expense, but you're going to be quite surprised in what you find. And they can, they can drop rather quickly too, right? Because I've had blood work done where everything was fine. And then three months later, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Well, stress can do that too, by the way. Yeah. 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 Yep. And I recommend to my women that are in the perimenopausal period, you know, just keep an eye on your symptoms because the symptoms are the way that your body knows how to communicate with you. So if you're doing everything the same and all of a sudden you start having problems, then that's an indication. Hey, I just okay. need to check things out. Tell, tell our listeners what those, what symptoms they should be looking for. Well, it's the symptoms that we spoke about with all of a sudden having severe fatigue, brain fog, difficulty focusing. Um, they may be noticing a redistribution of weight. Oftentimes women will come to me saying, I hardly eat anything and I, I can't lose any weight. Um, sometimes you'll get uh, period irregularity. So prolonged bleeding, heavy bleeding, skipping periods, um, and then also sleep disturbances is a huge one. Great. Thank you. Uh, so as we wrap up and move towards close, we didn't even have time to take phone calls today. I, mean, I just wish this uh, show was going on for another two hours. 
Uh, give us your top three tips each uh, for our listeners in just in terms of taking care of their health um, physically as well as it translates to mentally. Of course, we know that a strong body produces a strong mind and vice versa. Dr. Perico? Sure. Um, so once again, use the mirror uh, as your motivator. Uh, but once again, anti-inflammatory diet is critical. I, I really do believe that um, uh, time-restricted eating is really miraculous and what it can do for many people that I work with. Uh, and then of course, um, at the end of the day, it's, you know, if you believe in meditation, yoga, uh, prayer, any of those things are critical to maintaining balance in our bodies. And, um, and of course, I think hormone supplementation, and there are many things coming up now. I, I wish we had a whole program to talk about peptides that I'm working with. Well, we're going to have you back. I'd love to do a whole show on peptides. Okay. And that's amazing too, but it's, um, it's pretty simple and an exercise doesn't have to be hard. I mean, in my new book, I really talk about walking mostly because it's incredible. Great. Well, we're looking forward to your new book. Uh, before we wrap up, I'd like to thank our sponsors, globalhealing.com. If you're looking to do a cleanse or supplement with high quality supplements that are vegan, gluten-free and organic, go to globalhealing.com. They have liver cleanses, parasite cleanses, great products, uh, liquid tinctures, vitamin D, C. Uh, I use all their products. You can save 15%. Go to globalhealing.com and enter the code YOGAFIT15 to save 15% at checkout. I'm doing a liver cleanse at the end of the month. And we'd also like to thank our sponsor, YogaFit Training Systems Worldwide, the largest yoga mind-body school in the world, training over 250,000 people worldwide and also offering corporate wellness programs. Please check out my books at bethshaw.com and find me on Instagram, bethshawhealth. Uh, Sarah, any words uh, of wisdom to close our show today? Yeah, no, I mean, really the big thing is, you know, everything that we've spoke about today is what I have in my 28-day Outsmart Your Metabolism program. Uh, you can find that at sarahgibsoncoaching.com. And I walk women through the nutrition that supports metabolism and increases energy, combines intermittent fasting with choosing the right kinds of foods and eating them in a pattern that supports you. Um, the movements that you can do from the simplicity of your living room in less than 15 minutes a day, that's going to support lean muscle and boost metabolism that way. And then also the habits that just allow you to build a lifestyle change rather than fad diets that you, that don't sustain you when life happens. So wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Pericon. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm such a huge fan of yours and we really appreciate your time. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for coming aboard. I definitely want to meet up with you in person and uh, seek your advice and counsel because I'm always looking to learn new things. So until next time, everyone, let's make America healthy. Let's share this show with as many people as possible so they can be educated on all things health. Have a beautiful rest of your day, everyone. I'm going to eat one more slice of birthday cake before the end of the day, and then it's back to the, uh, the wrinkle-free diet. Thank you both so much, Dr. Paracone and Thank Sarah you. Gibson. Namaste. Thanks for joining us on Make America Healthy. We hope we've given you some tools you need to take back control of your health. Until next time, we wish you a healthy and wonderful week. <laughs>